Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Good morning, good morning. Good morning to you too. Morning, morning, morning. So the, uh, the news this morning, the Packers were fined $300,000. Pocket change. Yeah, but that money, they can go buy some mushroom coffee. <laughs> That's what they can go purchase. Same mushroom coffee. Mushroom, I sent it to you. Did you see it? It's on your phone where there's mushrooms that you can put inside of coffee to drink. How does no that even happen? It's like, chocolate no, my, it it's like chocolate in my peanut butter. That's One crazy. time someone was eating what mushrooms kind of and mushrooms? fell in some coffee. A normal <laughs> mushrooms, I guess. I don't know. Not oh, the Jay, exotic you, yeah. mushrooms. Just the, the mushrooms that people eat normally. We are it's brought wild. to you by ES. Well, we're, we're, we're on ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Sirius XM Channel 80 and your smart speakers, your podcast. We're coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck. Common medicinal mushrooms. Presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline. So the Packers were fined 300000 Nope. Guys, both Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard were both fined. Not 300000 not 200000 not 100000 not 50, oh, not 25, right? not 15. They were each fined $14,650 for violations of their joint joint protocols with the union, including the unvaccinated Aaron Rodgers, not wearing a mask during his news conferences, and the team not reporting that Rodgers and Lazard attended a Halloween party. See, if I'm Alan Lazard, though, I'm like, come on, Aaron, man. They, would even, they wouldn't have they never peeped me. me out yeah. at all if I wasn't messing with your ass. A- a- Aaron should take care of that for yeah, me. Yeah, man, come yeah. on now. Now, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and addressed the uh, what's out there in the media, he was roundly criticized for last week's appearance on the Pat McAfee show. Um, but he addressed this idea that he was misleading reporters when they when asked if he was vaccinated. And he said, I am immunized. Yes, he did that in the offseason. This is what he had to say yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. So I just want to start off the show by acknowledging that, you know, I made some comments that that people might have uh, felt were misleading and. Uh, you know, to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments. And I'm excited about feeling better. I'm excited about moving forward and hopefully getting back with my team and getting back to doing what I do best, and that's playing ball. It's been tough to be away from it. Um, I've been, you know, obviously dealing with uh, the COVID, and I feel like I'm uh, I'm on the, on the other side of it, thankfully, and thankful uh, to still be able to uh, – have some look forward to this weekend, hopefully. You know, guys, when I hear an apology, if someone says, if someone says that I, I am sorry if some people might have been misled, there's so many qualifiers. First of all, he knows some people felt misled. That's why he's reacting. Why do you have to say might have felt misled? Why not just say I'm sorry for misleading comments? Even, I, he's trying to protect himself from from admitting that he was intentionally trying to mislead people. But if someone asks, asks if you're vaccinated and you have not made public that you're not and you respond, yes, I've been immunized or yeah. And even if you want to say, yeah, I was just acknowledging the question. OK, let's maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I'm immunized. You know what you're doing. Of course, you're being misleading. That's the or evasive, at least. And I, I hear I hear him moving on from it. He did take responsibility If I'm honest, I don't love the way he said it. It doesn't make me think he really feels that way. It makes me think he's checking a box so he can get past the media problem. I I don't don't care care at this point. I could care less. Let the NFL deal with it. He may not care, uh, but I'm I'm honestly, I'm over this. 
Yeah, like I'm I am. Too, like it, it's um, look, NFL. It, everybody makes this about Aaron Rodgers, and I get the misleading aspect of it. But like, there, the NFL is the bigger picture to me, right? Because they've known about this the whole time. So three hundred thousand dollars—that's pocket change. You even saw Damian Woody's tweet, right? Really, way to let him know. Like, so it's not a big deal to the NFL. Just like it's not a big deal to the NFL, like they're protecting their product on the field. And I said this yesterday, Max, you and I were just talking, and I'll just vamp really quickly. It's fascinating to me, like everybody jumps on individual players, and I get it with, about Aaron Rodgers, but you still have 70,000. I was asking Key, I'm like, how many domes are in the NFL? And Key's like, oh, seven to eight. I'm like, okay, well, you look around, like there's no mandate vaccines for people going into stadiums, 70, 80,000 people not wearing masks. So, like, Look, this whole thing is double standards all the way around. And, and to be Rogers, frank with you, it's double, it, it, it drives me crazy because people throw venom. I'm like, well, you're in stands with 70,000 people on top of you and people aren't wearing masks. It's the same thing, breathing, cause, yelling, cause coughing, sneezing. It's not about COVID to me that people are reacting or, 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 vaccines, misled, or right? vaccines. It's about rules following and telling the truth. And everyone who looks at the fine goes, that's not a very big fine. But in fact, Rogers didn't really do much that you could fine him for. At a press conference, he didn't have a mask. By the way, where he is distant from people and everything, he's not wrong about that, right? Okay, so what do you find him for? Fifteen grand. That's not the reason people feel like the fine is not proportional to what they view as the crime. Is what they really are, really are reacting to is, hey, Aaron Rodgers, you're not above the rules, and if you do want to not get vaccinated, you should follow Max, protocols Max, and not mislead Max, people. We we live in a world people are above the rules. Come no. on, man. There is. Different set of strokes for different folks. Yeah, like and I it's don't every even... day. It's like, you know, somebody, Key and I were talking about somebody being fined who's making, you know, league minimum, who's making $350,000. You know, he gets fined $15,000. That's going to hurt him way more than somebody who's making $30 million. Yeah, of course. And gets fined $100,000. Like, all right, whatever. Like, because well, that $100 million player is the star. Like, so there are different strokes for different folks. It's that, the reality of the world we live in. That leads us to Sunday. We're still unsure if Rodgers will play Sunday. But what should we expect from him if he does? So he can't return till Saturday, earliest. And by the way, guys, the team, this reminds me of the Dak situation. Team sounded confident Dak was going to be there. Then we heard Dak talk. It was like, oh, yeah, it's all leading. And when Dak spoke, I was like, oh, wait, I don't know if this dude's going to play. The Packers sounded confident right Sunday. And then you heard Aaron Rodgers, and it was like, well, I got to get the net. You know, he wasn't. He didn't sound so sure to me, Key. If he can play Sunday, getting back Saturday at the earliest, what do you expect from Rodgers? The same thing that he's – the same way he's been playing all year long. Nothing will change. He's in Zoom meetings. He hasn't – and I'm sure he's out there in his backyard throwing the ball against the net. I'm sure he's got – in his big pretty house, wherever it is in the suburbs, I'm sure he's got enough equipment to train and kind of keep his cardio up to the point where just enough to sweat and get, you know, get comfortable and muscles loose. So I'm expecting him to still do the same things because the game planning isn't difficult on Zoom. He can pick all that up right on Zoom. And then he rolls out there Saturday or Sunday right before the game and still be Aaron Rodgers. Now, the flip side of it is, based on the information that I've heard from COVID people that have actually contracted COVID and had it is, at times it can be very difficult to with your win and, and cardio and things of that nature. I've never had it, so I don't know. Yeah. But just looking at other athletes and hearing other athletes that have had it, they certainly can speak to Jay, it. Jay, you've had it. Yeah. So 
you know, when I got it uh, at the NBA Finals, when I had to excuse myself from calling the last couple of games, I literally, after I got through it, I, I had a foggy like brain for like a good month, man. Like I'm talking about forgetful, and I'm not a forgetful individual, even to the point where my wife was like, "I just told you these two these two things that you just you didn't do. Like, where are you? I just couldn't get. So I, I do wonder just about how will he, brain activity, like what will his mental acuity be? How sharp will he be? as he goes through progressions and just reactionary. And then also the, the conditioning aspect of it. Yeah, you can work out in his multi-million dollar mansion, people say, in his own facility, but still like being in game shape is different because I still felt heavy. So those things combined, and you made the point, Max, about Cam Newton. Everybody's body reacts differently to this, but those are my attributes that I had go wrong with me for a good Month, month mm-hmm. and a half afterwards. Cam never looked the same the rest of the season to me after COVID. And to the point where I was speculating on first take, I said, you know, we hear about COVID fog. Cam looks like he's not right. And then several weeks later, Cam came out and spoke about it. By the way, Aaron Rodgers. But there's been several players in professional sports that, that felt a certain fog um, after, you yeah. know, they got back on the field. Oh, you the say court, for, whatever. for whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever uh-huh. reasons in terms of the COVID situation. But Rogers said on, McAfee, on the McAfee show yesterday, because he was asked, hey, are you getting out in the backyard kind of like what you said? We're, and Rogers' response led me to believe that maybe not yet. Like maybe, maybe you know, he's his, not. His, and he was talking about, I, I just, I got the impression from hearing Aaron Rodgers talk that he is unsure about Sunday. Based on so, how he's feeling right I now. I think they it? all, I think the team is unsure, though. That's yeah. why they said the earliest is Saturday, and then we'll see. I don't know what medical professionals are, are telling him and who he's listening to, but I had the NBA and Adam Silver and the head chief of medical for the NBA tell me that for seven to eight days, just want you to lay down. I just want you to rest. I don't want you to do any physical activity that gets your heartbeat over a certain rate. I just want you to drink a lot of fluids, and I want you just to rest. Mm. So if that's the case, I that's what I'm saying. How much physical activity could he be doing? Keyshawn, mm-hmm. Jay, Will, and Max coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Coming up, do head-to-head wins mean anything when it comes to the college football playoff ranking? We'll try to figure that out next. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN college football writer Heather Dinich joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Doing well. Good, Doing well. Heather, uh, what did the committee have to say about Michigan being ahead of Michigan State despite the Spartans having a head-to-head win just two weeks ago? Well, Selection Committee Chair Gary Barta has a teleconference with reporters after he goes on TV with Reese every Tuesday night, and he was hammered about this question. And his response was simply that they think that Michigan is the more complete team right now, statistically. And he was pressed further, well, what about Oregon winning at Ohio State and honoring that head-to-head just a week ago and then not doing it this week? And his answer was the difference was... Oregon and Ohio State both won while Michigan State lost. And so they had been talking about it last week. They talked about it more this week. And statistically speaking, they think Michigan is better. That's That's their response. I personally can't explain it. (laughs) Yeah, that's so ridiculous. The team beats another team, but that team that, that beat you is not better than you, and I lost to you. That just makes absolutely no sense. So now you go to the statistics to try to justify based on numbers that Michigan is running up on other teams. The loss happened 10, uh, 10 days ago. Crazy. Shocking. The committee does something that we can't figure out. What if both of these teams went out, Heather? What happens from there? Well, see, head-to-head does matter in the Big Ten conference standings. (laughs) And so at the end of the day, um, that will come into play. But if you look at Ohio State, they still have to play Michigan State and Michigan. This is going to sort itself out. Somebody else is going to pick up a second loss, obviously. So um, what we see right now from the committee is that the Big Ten is in a good spot. Even Michigan State fans, chillax for a minute, okay? Because if you run the table and you win the Big Ten and finish as a one-loss conference champion, then you're in. A one-loss Big Ten champion is in the way we look at this, the CFP rankings right now, regardless of the head-to-head. Heather, what's the path for two Big Tens to actually compete in the CFP? You know, I, I don't know that there is one, to be honest, because I think that that ship sailed because you look over in the West Division and you've got every team with at least three losses. So you're banking on one of those teams, two of those teams, to finish with one loss. And like I said, Ohio State has to play Michigan State and Michigan. So that's going to hand somebody a second loss there. And then Michigan and Michigan State still have to pay, play Penn State and Maryland and obviously Ohio State. So, like I said, I think it's going to sort itself out. And I, I don't think the two Big Ten teams is a realistic scenario. I, I think it's more staring at two SEC teams because I can come up with more than one way <laughs> to put two SEC teams in this thing. Oklahoma's still sitting at eight. Are they being punished because – They've had a couple tight games that they've had to kind of muster through lately here. I think it's a combination of that and the more so they don't have a signature win yet. But 
they have a chance to get one on Saturday against Baylor, which is a CFP top 25 team. And down the stretch, you have an opportunity on the road twice against CFP top 25 teams, Baylor and in the regular season finale against Oklahoma State. And I promise the selection committee will think at a win against Iowa State is respectable. They're above 500, even though they're not ranked right now. So I think their opportunities are ahead of them. And I think we could see Oklahoma jump, maybe even Michigan and Michigan State this week if they beat Baylor soundly on the road. But why do you look at this situation about signature wins, things of that nature, when Alabama took care of business against a – and they squeaked out that win against LSU, which is unranked, but their position doesn't change at all, and they were not punished because it's the SEC, Nick Saban, and Alabama, I'm assuming? Look, we learned we learned this week that the SEC or the uh, the selection committee loves some Alabama because if they were going to drop even one or two spots, this would have been the week. I mean, they did not look good, so they love them with you know bad hair, no makeup. This is a true relationship between the committee and Alabama. I mean, it it seems like that you know if it was going to happen, I thought it would have been this week. But assuming they win out and they meet Georgia in the SEC championship game, what we see from the committee now is a very realistic possibility that if Alabama loses a close game to Georgia, then they have a shot at finishing in the top four, even with a second loss. But I think it has to be a close, instant classic thriller for them to be able to justify that. True love. Saban wakes up in the morning, hair a mess, everything. They don't care, Heather. Uh, Was last night a good night, a bad night, or an indifferent night for Cincinnati? I think it was a good night because what this shows is that the more upsets that happen, the wider the door opens for the Cincinnati Bearcats to the college football playoff. Look, they moved up to the number five spot as I thought they would by default, meaning because Michigan State lost. Nothing they did against Tulsa changed the selection committee's perception of them. Their strength of schedule is still over 100th in the country. So if they are to finish in the top four, they still need dominance to fall, in addition to obviously finishing undefeated, which isn't a guarantee. So in my mind, for Cincinnati to get in, they need to eliminate what I just talked about, which is the possibility of two SEC teams. They need a second loss by Oregon or, or a three three-loss Utah to win the Pac-12. And then it certainly would help them to have Oklahoma stumble or to assuredly have a two-loss Big 12 champion. I think two of those three things need to happen for Cincinnati to have a realistic shot. Um, so what's the path? Well, I guess you already answered this for two SEC teams to make the college football playoff. You think that that Alabama is the key there, right? Alabama is the key, but here's here's another one. If Alabama loses at Auburn, right, and Texas A&M runs the table and they both finish with two losses, the Aggies with two losses are in the SEC championship. What if they win? They can win, knock off Georgia, then you have Texas A&M. As your first two-loss top four team, and you probably have Georgia in the playoff too. Mm. Heather Dinich, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN College football writer. Thank you as always, Heather. Thanks, Heather. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Rankings reaction is brought to you by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, try their brand new fries for yourself with fries that are guaranteed to be hot and crispy or they'll replace them at participating U.S. Wendy's. All right. 
Let's quickly go back to Michigan being ranked ahead of Michigan State, the college football, um, the CFP committee chairman, uh, Gary Barta, joined Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night and tried to defend why Michigan was ranked ahead of a team that beat them. How many days ago is this now? Two weeks. Ten days ago? Not even two weeks. Not even two weeks, yeah. Here's Gary Barta, CFP chairman on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. The committee felt that Michigan State deserved. They were undefeated at the time. Both teams were undefeated going in. Michigan State comes out undefeated. They beat Michigan head-to-head. And so the committee put Michigan State ahead of Michigan a week ago. This week, same debate about how good is Michigan the more complete team. Yes, Michigan State beat them head-to-head. But as you see, when, uh, when the final tally came in for this week, Michigan came out ahead of Michigan State. As we go forward next week, we'll look at who they play, and it could go either way next week. It just uh, It's a week-to-week decision and discussion. But for this week, the fact that the group felt that Michigan was the more complete team, and what changed from a week ago, Michigan won this week and Michigan State lost this week. I just It, it don't make sense to me, but whatever. If that's what you feel, I would never put a team in front of another team that beat them head-to-head. It just, you know, why would you do that? Well, one, I mean, one, one week and one loss – one week at the same time? I wouldn't do that. Well, it's crazy. But what about the fact that, yes, like at the moment that one team beats another team, they jump ahead of them. But then forget about like wins and losses on the season because there is a, an admitted recency bias in the college football ranks. You want to know where the team is at, at a moment, not just what they did early in the season. So if you're coming off a loss and the team you beat's coming off a win, I, like I, I probably agree with you, but I see their, I can see their reasoning. They're one slot ahead of Michigan State. They just lost to Purdue. I, I understand they lost to Purdue, but Michigan did lose to Michigan State. Ohio State did lose to Oregon, and yep. Oregon is in front of Ohio State, which they should be. Yeah, and yeah, they and both got it. the same record. Mm-hmm. And Oregon hasn't played great football of recent weeks out of the Pac-12 conference. They've struggled at times. They have not run away with anything. And Ohio State is beneath them, and Ohio State is saying. playing winning football. So really, well, and go ahead, Jay. I was going to say one of the things I'm sure the committee factors in. I don't really understand it, but I mean, I guess how you play in those games. So them seeing Michigan State lose to Purdue the way they did to a degree, probably flip-flops it for them, it's understandable. I don't like it, but it's understandable. Purdue was also a hot pick going yeah. into that game. It's like, you know, but I, look, four eight and one teams, right? I get it. Key, you're pointing out, look, Oregon is correctly ranked ahead of the team that they beat much earlier in the season. Yes. Why isn't the same true for Michigan and Michigan State? And this brings, like, it's like your Key's real rankings it with where, you, where it mm-hmm. took a Fascinating. while. If you didn't hear about that, you can listen to those on Tuesday. Tuesday. Key's real, Key's ranking. real rankings, yes. The handsome guy puts them together. Yeah. And, well, I, usually when we say handsome guy, we're talking about me on the show. I don't know. But I guess you can call yourself Jeez. handsome. Listen, the point is, Key, it took a while for the Cardinals to climb up your rankings simply because your impression of them to begin the season was lower than the reality of the team. So it took a while for them to convince you. And I think the committee is the same way. If they don't really believe in a team, there's less leeway, right? There's less room for error. Something like that. And people don't like that. That's what it comes down to, doesn't it? No. Well, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon beats like- Ohio State, but then Oregon loses to Stanford. So it's like, but Oregon's ranked above Ohio. I just don't understand. And Oregon how- was, in or- not Oregon, and Stanford is a bad yeah. Like That's what I don't bad. understand. They just got run out the building by somebody yeah. last weekend. Yeah, they're I don't not know who, good. I, I don't know who just slapped them around. But somebody that's why I say you're trying to make sense out of it. You can't make sense out of how the committee thinks. I can't. It's a good point. Um, good point by you, Jake. Well, Thank Oregon's you, also had good wins since that, like, 
The difference is Michigan State didn't have a chance to have another good win after the Michigan game. So they went right into a loss. I don't know. We're talking about a ranking of one slot. Is the NFL fining Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Is that hot news or not news? We're going to find out after SportsCenter. Mike Krzyzewski in perhaps his final game coaching in Madison Square Garden. Win number 1,171. A win in the first game of his final season. His 42nd season as head coach of Duke and the Blue Devils beat Kentucky 79-71. to Yeah, Mike Krzyzewski's farewell tour started with a win thanks to his latest group of stellar freshmen at Duke. Trevor Keels dropped 25 and classmate Paolo Banchero added 22 to help number 9 Blue Devils open their coach's final season by beating 10th-ranked Kentucky 79-71 on Tuesday night in the nightcap of the Champions Classic. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers are fined for COVID-19 violations, team fined 300000 while uh, Rodgers and receivers, receiver Alan Lazard were fined $14,650 each per Rob Domofsky. The investigation began last week after Rodgers tested positive for the virus. The NFL found that violations of their joint protocols with the union included the unvaccinated Rodgers not wearing a mask during his news conferences and the team not reporting that Rodgers and Lazard attended a Halloween party even though it was away from its facility. Meantime, Nuggets Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP of the NBA, is suspended and the Heat's Markeith Morris and Jimmy Butler are fined. Jokic was suspended for one game without pay for forcefully pushing Morris in the back during the team's game Monday night. Morris was fined $50,000 for his flagrant foul two that led to Jokic's retaliation, and Butler was fined $30,000 for attempting to escalate the altercation and failing to comply with an NBA security interview. I'm talking about these stories and more on this just in. 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Sports Center is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program. Now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. In a 24-hour news cycle, everything feels like news. Yeah, it's not news at all. Let's find out what's hot news or not news. Key, will you tell me? Is this hot news or is not news? You're so scary. You're going to throw it to me. It's time for Hot News or Not News with Kimberly A. Martin, who joins the show to give us the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Kimberly! What is up? Can I just take a moment to... Look at Max, all casual. I like it. Oh, well, yeah. you know, casual like, Max is on the radio. I yeah. like it. I, <laughs> oh, I like you. this whole getup. Oh, kid. thank you. It looks good. All right. Thank it's not you. get we up. Called it's the, just we call the show just, this just in, but yeah. there are similarities to get up. It's true. <laughs> 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 Aaron Rodgers being fined just under $15,000 for violating COVID protocols. Kimberly, hot news or not news? The fine, not news, because that's like, somebody, that's like me throwing a penny in a fountain, honestly. Like, what is fourteen grand to Aaron Rodgers? Um, also, to me, a fine from the league. The league knew he was unvaccinated. The Packers knew he was unvaccinated. So the monetary... Um, that that doesn't seem like a big news, but what it means just in general for his status for Sunday, I think, is is important. Yeah, it's not not it's not news at all. I mean, it's nothing to him, right? It's peanuts, basically. I don't know what they're going to do with the money. They're going to donate it to charity, whatever they do with it. And he, at the end of the day, 
this is an opportunity for him to get back on the field, like Kim says. Hopefully, he'll be back on the field for the team. And you just move on from there. I'm done talking about Aaron Dam Rodgers. <laughs> I suspect you're not. But I'll, I'll say hot news as a fan. Really oh. hot news. Blazing hot news. The Blazing. That, well, the fact that him and Alan Lazar get fined the same amount, I find laughable. And to be real with you, like let's just call it what it is. Like the NFL doesn't really care about COVID. You don't really, they don't really care about. It. I mean, there are parameters that are in place to help. But like at the end of the day, this is about the product on the field. Why do you say they don't care? Well, because I mean. It, the uproar that came away from this, how loud people mm-hmm. were that he deceived people about it. I don't understand how it's just a little, it's a coin. It's like a little, just like, oh, well, here's a fine. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. I would say it's, it seems like hot news, but it's actually not news. The reason it seems like hot news is people were waking up this morning going, hold on. <gasps> After everything Aaron Rodgers did, only a $15,000 fine. When you really look at it, what people mm-hmm. are mad about is, is being misled. There's mm-hmm. no fine for misleading people. Right. The actual violation of the protocols were he didn't have a mask at a press conference where he is uh, uh, Multiple, kind of distant yeah, from people. M- press conferences and also at a party. Yeah, that sounds like about a $15,000 fine to me. The Packers knowing about it and permitting it that's to go on is the, is, is, and they got fined more heavily, although not extremely yeah. heavily. Again, Max, I don't give a damn. I'm done <laughs> I'm talking so about she's over it. It's over it, man. It Whatever. Move along. Let's move it along. I agree. Kimberly Martin, Sam Darnold's shoulder fracture. Hot news or not news? You know, it's hot news because everybody thought Sam Darnold was back. Start of the season, Matt Rule, like he's good. And then Sam kind of turned back into a pumpkin. Jets fans were like, see, that's the guy we know. And now for him to be sidelined, this is a big deal for a guy that's looking to, like Carson Wentz, looking to change the narrative of his career. So anytime missed is a big deal. Yeah, it's hot news because much like Kimberly just said, I was one of those guys that, oh, okay, yeah, see, this is what y'all get. Three weeks in a row, Sam is cooking, then he goes to Dallas. He's still without Christian McCaffrey. But he looks good still. Mm-hmm. Even though they lose that game, you go, oh, but he still he still looks good. He's running the ball and everything. And now the same story. He's always getting hurt. Something's wrong. We're now they're now looking at the draft board and saying, what should we do? Blazing news because last night I kept <laughs> trying to look up what the hell does an incomplete fracture mean. Mm. So oh, Sam know. Darnold, of course, is incomplete. I don't know. See, see, that's unnecessary, Max. This is a family show. Come unnecessary on, be nice roughness. to the kid. It's got a family. Um, I, I say that Eesh. it is. I'd say that it is hot news because, first of all, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's the most dangerous kind of player for your franchise. Oh, a four A player, better than triple A, right? Not quite major league because when you squint, hey. He's yeah. got size. He's got an arm. You can convince he, he can yourself, make throws. Yeah. He can run. He's athletic. He's, he has everything. But somehow, no, not one talent is pitched high enough to be a star at the next level. But you'll devote some time and waste some games on trying to find out. So I, I think it is hot news involving him. Mm-hmm. Hot news or not news, Odell Beckham Jr. clearing waivers, Kimberly. Oh, that's hot news because mm. Odell can go wherever he wants. Theoretically, you know, and how there are a ton of teams that could use another playmaker. What team is going to say, eh, you know, we don't need another scoring option. But I think, um, you know, depending on where he goes, I don't know if this is if there's one team that's an Odell Beckham Jr. away from winning a championship. But just having him on the field, I think, is a big deal. It's hot news because, again, like Kim said, you, you now get to pick and choose your destination a la Tom Brady free agency. I get to now look and go. I like that quarterback. I like that receiver. I mm-hmm. like that offensive coordinator. Ooh, I can do that with them. 
Now you get to pick whether it's Kansas City, the Arizona Cardinals, the Green Bay Packers, the The New Orleans Saints, the Seattle Mm -hmm. Seahawks. He can pick and choose. Kimberly, if you were Aaron Rodgers, where would you – I mean, if you were OBJ, excuse me. I was talking about Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. If you're OBJ, where would you go? I would prefer to go to Green Bay uh, personally because I think when you have an Aaron Rodgers, like you're a Super Bowl contending team off off the bat. Um, But, you know – I, I I was told that that would probably not happen. So I'm interested to see if he does pick Green Bay. Uh, Seahawks were the team I was told from jump. So I'm interested to see what happens. I've there. heard Seahawks for a couple of years now, um, and and but the Green Bay Packers also showed a defense recently. Like they got all the pieces. If he joins that team, they may win. Key had a great idea. By the no, way, Ooh, Key had a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Be quiet. Don't say anything. Arizona. Arizona, like, they might be the best team in the NFL. I know the Packers beat them. It was on a short week, whatever. Arizona adds Odell Beckham Jr. Uh-oh. Oh, they're just a good team. Uh, Jerry Jones saying the Cowboys were overconfident for the Broncos game. Hot news or not news? Uh, wait, Jerry, what? Jones, Jerry Jones, Cowboys overconfident for the Broncos mm. game. Is that hot news or not news? Uh, I mean, anytime Jerry speaks, I guess it's hot news. But uh, every good team right now that we've seen has had a very bad loss. And so I'm not as worried about the Cowboys being overcome. Like, I don't really think. Nah, that's not news. No, it's not news. It's Jerry Jones (laughs) saying what I thought he would say or the coaches would say is that we're sleepwalking. We thought that this was a Denver Bronco team that was closing the door on the season once they moved Mm -hmm, on from Von Miller. And then all of a sudden we didn't prepare the way we – should have and got caught sleepwalking. Jay, hot news or not news? Yeah, it's hot news because it's Jerry Jones. Yeah. I was going to say, Kimberly, I don't know if every team's had a bad – I mean, Arizona didn't have a bad loss. They should have won that game versus Green Bay, but – Short week, too. Like, uh, weird there's things no, happen on short week. Yeah, but they didn't have any – Green Bay didn't have any ball, players. That was a bad loss because Green a, Bay yeah, didn't have nobody. Well, that was except a bad for Aaron loss. Rogers. But, it was yeah, there, except – me and Kimberly. Yeah, but a lot of offensive line was I'm out nice for though, Arizona. So like, you know, like – no, Arizona, Hopkins was hurt, and, and Arizona, Arizona came in and Arizona came out. Had the better Mighty team Mouse got day. hit; he got hurt. And the in the playoffs, you're never going to play on a Thursday anyway. And so you like at home? Go- yeah, that was a bad loss. It was a bad loss. That's, that's the only bad. one of the season. Bad to the loss. Packers. It's a loss. Well, that's what she said. She said every team. Every good team has had a bad loss. I wouldn't call it a bad loss. Thank you. I don't think it's a bad loss. It's a loss. All right, all right. It's me, Key, on this. Mike Tomlin backing the crackdown on taunting. Mike Tomlin said, "We're just trying to clean up our game." It's hot news to me because, damn it, Mike Tomlin, I don't like that it's Mike Tomlin on board with this. Like, Why? I think the whole time, thing, like, I'm over it. And I'm just, like, seeing Mike Tomlin come onto the field as hyped as he is, like, he's on the sidelines and he's hyped for this game, but he expects players to just be able to sort of regular. I don't know. It just seems weird that Mike Tomlin is on board with this. It's, I don't it's, love it's, it. It's hot news because Mike Tomlin is on board with it. Yes. And you would n- naturally think, Somebody with Mike Tomlin's pedigree and his love for the game and his players wouldn't be on board with it. But guess what? I'm on board with Mike Tomlin. Yeah. And I'm not a get off the grass guy or a lawn guy. Get off the that's grass. Not, uh, that's a little not bit more I, than you realize. No, I'm not, that's not who I am. When A rule is a damn rule. When you start to move toward the sideline of the opponent, you're going to get a flag. Yeah. T.J. Watt had three sacks. Mm-hmm. He was allowed to celebrate and do his normal stuff. Mm-hmm. He did not go to towards Chicago's bench. A rule's a rule. Jay, that's Key's not wrong about rules following. But to me, it sounded like Tomlin was saying, I like the rule itself. What about the rule itself? Tomlin backing the rule itself. Hot news or not? News? Uh, it's hot news because I wouldn't expect Mike Tomlin right. to say that. Um, I think Mike Tomlin's a very passionate individual. Yes. 
And, and my thing is, is with the whole Marshall situation, if, if staring gives you a, a flag, if there's a taunting penalty for staring, like Jay, what's next? Jay, he did not stare. Jay, he moved. Jay. He moved and he stared. Wait, from the spot let he me was move at, and stare. Jay, get moved. off of Keyshawn's lawn. He moved. Taunting. Six, <laughs> he moved That's six, taunting. He moved about six to seven yards toward the sideline. You cannot do that. I just had a crazy sack. I am hyped. I'm bouncing. You, do, you did that. Let's just mark you him. You I talk trash. As much trash as you talk, oh, do I knew when they said, when they said don't Stop. do it. I did not do it. Stop. When there was a rule put in place for me not to Here's do so. Here's my problem. Okay. I didn't this. This is, why, mask and you this is why it's you hot know? news. Tomlin backing it. He's seen as a player's coach, but, yes. also, like, but also no-nonsense yeah. guy. Tomlin backing it gives more weight to it. Now, the rule itself, if someone could show me some evidence, hey, there are this many fights in the NFL. As the fights result. have gone way up. Mm-hmm. And not just fights, but, but like bad things have happened. It's a bad influence on kids, whatever else. Okay, kids? we can start to talk about it. I don't know that that's the case. I think people kids? just don't. I think the a bunch kids. of people who just don't like trash talking instituted a rule because they don't crazy. like it. So you could, man, you could get away with trash talking. You have to do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. He did his trash talk about kicking and twirling. <laughs> and he did that for forty seconds, and then he gonna walk. The, you Let can't Cassie do Mark it. Have his moment, man. Let this kid have his moment. moment. He had a couple moments, but in it, the pocket, it's fun. He How many it's moments fun. do you want him to have? It's fun. Fun. When you play oh, in man. front of 60,000 people to act like emotion is not part of the game, like, come on, yeah. come that, on it's key. always part of the key. You key, come on. Stop. He got the emotion when he got the sack. He showed emotion. Yes, he had Walking to the sideline, you cannot do Everybody that. Kimberly J, Kimberly J, please step off of Key's lawn. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> be Y'all, when you're y'all sport. will never get it. That's the problem. That was hot news or not news. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, guys. Coming up, why Damian Lillard struggles this season may be coming from an unexpected place. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Guys, uh... There's some guys in the NBA, one in particular, whose shooting is way off this year. Damian Lillard, 25.5% from three, and he Career takes 10 low. threes a game. And Career he's, low. What, played 11 games? He's taken over 100 threes, and he's shooting way under his normal clip. He's Field nowhere goal near percentage, 40%. Career low. Career low, right. 37%. Career, yeah. he's 45. So, so over the course of this many games so far, he's probably, we're talking about, 10 or 15 threes that would normally have gone down that didn't. So Paul George said something in, uh, on November 2nd at a press conference about the NBA making the switch from Spalding to Wilson's for their basketballs this year. This is what Paul George said about it. 
not to make an excuse or or anything um, uh, about the ball, but I said that it's just it, it is it's a different basketball. Um, it don't have the same touch and softness that the uh, the Spalding ball had. You know, you'll you'll see this year. It's 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 going to be a lot of bad misses. You know, you'll see a lot of bad misses. Um, I think you've seen a lot of air balls um, so far this season. So um, not again, not to put any you know excuse or blame the basketball, but it is different. Um, it's, it's no secret. It's a different basketball. So, look, after I heard that the other day, I spoke to multiple NBA players, and they all reiterated the same thing. The ball is drastically different. League shooting percentage is the lowest it's been in more than 15 years, and its three-point percentage is the worst it's been this century. So let me explain to you guys very quickly about the ball. The Spalding ball that they play with for three, 38 years right, has a different slickness to it. Let me give you an example. If I do a reverse layup and – with a college ball, a solution ball, if I were to spin the ball English-wise off the side of the backboard, the ball would catch traction on the backboard, come right back towards the rim, even on the outside of the backboard. The NBA Spalding ball that the guys have played with for 38 years, if I do that same exact English, that same exact point on the backboard, the ball doesn't come back, track towards the rim. The ball goes straight up. So the ball slides off the glass. So there's a different angle that you have to shoot that ball with, even from deep with the way that ball feels. This ball is somewhere in between, and guys are having a hard time figuring it out. So I'm taking the shooting troubles that are happening for Dame Lillard. I'm combining that with what's happening with Neil O'Shea, their GM, the investigation on him about his work-like conduct that is going on. I'm taking that all the way back to what's happening with Chauncey Billups and him being initiated as a head coach, the alleged rape allegations that got you know, settled in civil court. You combine all these things. I don't see how Dame can last in Portland, guys. And I know he's the guy that will sit there and say, I am loyal. I want to be here. But this is a team that's always plagued with injuries. It's a team that always doesn't hit where you want them to hit. And I think you're going to see Dame come to a conclusion pretty soon here, guys, where that's not going to be the place he needs to be. you got to read between the lines. If, if, if Key tells you something about a prediction he's making in the NFL or Jay tells you something about a prediction he's making in the NBA – for anyone who's listening, you have to read between the lines a little bit. They're not pulling it out of thin air. They talk to a lot of people. They have a very good sense of what's going on. Key, it makes sense to me why the ball would affect shooting, the way Jade describes it especially. And if Damian Lillard is going to be available pretty soon, that shakes up the NBA because he is a difference maker. He he is a difference maker. Um where would he make a big difference at is the question. Is his landing spots New York? Is he a Nick target? Um, whenever you go through some trials and tribulations with an organization that you may not be feeling comfortable about because there's turbulence there, you certainly don't want to be a part of it. you got to find the right place to take your skills. But what is the right place for Dame to do that? I mean – it's not a secret that the Knicks would be very interested and he might also be very interested because New York is also a place where Madison Square Garden, your brand become become a billion-dollar brand if you're someone like Damian Lillard. I'll tell you what, I look at Philadelphia. Philly, Philly too. I look at pairing him with Embiid and obviously Simmons right now is a distressed asset. Maxi just dropped 31 last night in a loss but still dropped 31. Thibel is all defense. All world Look defense. At Alan Yates. Yates is a about Sixers that. fan, and he's and he's blowing the horn. It, it just feels like when you watch, the more and more you watch Portland Trailblazer games. If you stay up late enough to watch them, I know it's hard. We do an early morning show. It just feels like you want so much more for Dame. 
You want yeah. so much more than what that organization ben has been more. able to provide yeah. for him, and you wonder how long mentally he will be able to survive that. We'll take him in L.A. Come be a Laker. By the way, he winds up with Embiid. I'm just saying, figure out the details some other time. Get Embiid and, and, and Lillard on the same team. Coming up, where is the best landing spot for another star? OBJ, we'll talk about that next. It's Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.